Welcome to the podcast sermon portion of the worship service from First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. We invite you at some time to come and worship with us live on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. We're located at the corner of Ashland and Elm in LaGrange, Illinois. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, find our website at fpclg, fpclg.org. On that page, you can scroll to the bottom and be invited to participate in this podcast ministry on our contributions page. Please make a gift at whatever level you are able. Thank you so much, and we trust you will be blessed by this podcast ministry. Let's join the worship service with a scripture reading already in progress. transition to the first scripture reading, which is from the fifth chapter of Isaiah, which is on page 596 of your pew Bible. So feel free to uh, read along. Isaiah 5, um, uh, verses 1 through 7, the song of the unfruitful vineyard. Let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved has had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected to yield, to yield grapes, but it yield wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and, I will sh- and, I, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no more upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word.
From the Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning with the 49th verse, Jesus speaks, I have come to cast fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. I have a baptism which to be baptized, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on in one household will be divided. Three against two, two against three. They will be divided. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. <clears throat> he also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain. And it happens. When you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites! You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Sometimes your words are startling. Sometimes they're not what we expect. But if whenever you spoke to us it was exactly what we expected, then we wouldn't have to listen. So startle us again with your word. But remind us that your desire for us in the end is peace. Amen. Even after they are gone, there are some friends whose words linger on with us well after their passing. What they said to us, it matters. And it's not the particular story in which they said it, it was how those words have so many occasions and applications, so they're constantly coming back to us in memory because, again, those words are helpful. They're like a, a good hand tool, you know, a hammer or a sharp knife. They can be used in so many different circumstances, and so you always kind of keep them nearby. I remember my friend Bruce Pangborn. He was the counselor who hired me at the counseling center some 32 years ago. And even though he passed away in 2018, there's one of his counseling phrases that I frequently recall because it applies in so many circumstances. When a client would present to him a difficult situation, perhaps an addiction or the revelation of long-buried trauma, it was not uncommon for the confessing individual in deep anguish, expressing their pain. This hurts. Why is this so hard? And Bruce Pangborn would say, well, yes, Jesus said, the truth She'll set you free. But sometimes before you're free, it's going to hurt like hell. One of the tricks that our minds plays on us is our tendency to confuse the absence of discomfort with the presence of peace. We're not hurting, so it must be good. We're not arguing, so we must be getting along. We're not uncomfortable, 
So things must be right. An obvious example in our house was how much better Danny felt before chemo. She felt better before the chemo started. Sure, the neoplasm was big, it was uncomfortable, it was kind of odd in its appearance and size, but comparing the comfort and ease before the introduction of toxic chemicals into her bloodstream that she's experiencing now, the cancer was easier to endure. Now, I won't go into the side effects and limitations created by chemotherapy, but outside looking in, what doctors are calling treatment, to me, looks like brutal poisoning. As the fabric of Jerusalem was beginning to crumble under the corruption and the compromise with Roman rule, it was obvious that some temporary peace was going to end in violent obliteration. Do you think that I have come to bring peace on the earth, said Jesus? No, I tell you, but division. Now when Jesus offers that very house-troubling phrase about divisions, three against two, two against three, mothers and daughters-in-law fighting with each other, imagine that. Fathers against sons, sons against fathers, mothers against daughters, daughters against mothers. He is directly quoting the prophet Micah. It is a lift from a verse of Micah chapter 7. And Micah was the first prophet in the Hebrew Scriptures to predict the fall of Jerusalem. And so Jesus' listeners knew exactly how the times were perhaps repeating themselves. That's why Jesus goes on this side analogy about weather. You can look at the skies and know whether or not it's going to rain or whether or not tomorrow is going to be hot, but you cannot read the times and know there is not going to be peace. All of us error, all of us, error in seeking short-term ease, neglecting long-term grace. Fact is, before it brings freedom, truth often hurts like hell. One of the hardest parts of ministry is the same thing as the hardest part of parenting or good friendship. It's having to say unpleasant things to people we love. Stuff like, it's time for bed. Or, finish your vegetables. Or, you're drinking too much. Or, I find that joke you told to be offensive. Or, I think you're wasting your money. These are phrases that divide parents and children, and when we have to say things like, you can't live alone anymore, or I think it's time for you to give up driving, these sentences drive wedges. They're not peaceful. They're not easy moments. 
they're not pleasant and they're not friendly and we risk a tantrum or embarrassment or angry blowback even estrangement it is hard to say honest things when Jesus spoke that there would be pain and discomfort he wasn't trying to inflict pain he was merely telling the truth when the winds blow and clouds roll in sometimes the best thing to do at the picnic is to say it's over we all have to go inside <laughs> it's not fun but in fear of pain or discomfort or anxiety we grab for a quick fix there are those who profit from our tendency to pain avoidance are there not snake oil peddlers who suggest that mega doses of elixirs are going to cure without any discomfort don't worry they tell us we can take care of it just give us your money or your blind loyalty and you can continue as you were without this little awkwardness I suggest if you google the word cancer just throw it in the search engine within a matter of hours you're going to reap advertisements from such ridiculous claims filled with announcing announcements of easy and painless and unintrusive cures don't worry the storms are going to be gone it'll be like magic they'll be they'll be gone you can keep the picnic going don't worry likewise on the other hand there are those who delight in inflicting pain they have nothing but sure joy to watch us panic they're the ones that point out with great prophetic self-righteousness all of the injustices in our world accusatory announcements of our racism or sexism or classism and the like but their purpose is not to bring healing or reconciliation or justice it is in service to their own delight in manipulative control not all pain is gain Danny's chemo treatments would be equally unpleasant if the infusions involved some watered-down drain cleaner right but in that instance the cure would be as destructive as the cancer just because it's painful doesn't make it good but not all good can be experienced without pain when Jesus spoke of the coming fire he did so with no pleasure in fact his wish was that the people would get the point early enough so that they could avoid the coming storm that they could do the painful work of reconciliation before they were to be destroyed prophecy requires a keen understanding not only of the times but also deep compassion for the pains of treatment only a few verses later in chapter 13 of the Gospel of Luke Jesus stands and looks at Jerusalem and says oh Jerusalem Jerusalem the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it how often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings Jesus took no delight in these prophecies his desire was compassion 
His love was compared. Beware of prophets who shed no tears over the pain their words inflict. Jesus quoted Micah regarding the impending division. But the prophet Micah also wrote these words in the same chapter. Who is a God like you? who pardons iniquity and passes over the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance, who does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in loving devotion. He will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. The freedom in truth will come, but there might be pain. It's Isaiah's frustration that uh, John Hall read to us from the fifth chapter about the vintner who worked hard with great anticipation, planting vines and looking for grapes. He built a wine press and hewed out barrels for the aging room, anticipating a wonderful harvest and a celebration, but a yield only acidic, teeth-edging rot gut. The vineyard had to be laid waste. True prophets, true prophets, like good physicians, understand that their words or their treatments may hurt. But because of their compassion, because of their love, they're compelled to say hard things. We happen to be living in a world of magnificent meteorology. I have a little micro app on my phone that can tell me almost to the minute when in my dog walk it's going to rain. And I can look at the same app and know that we've got 15 more minutes of sunshine before it's going to cloud over and the mist will begin. But what's the point of all of that prediction if we don't bother to go inside or out for a walk? What's the point of knowing the future if it doesn't change our present behaviors? All of us have difficult conversations ahead. Things that we know are true, but we hesitate sharing them because we'd rather avoid the near-term unpleasantness. We long for that easy, quick fix. Or for those who are near to us to come to their senses without our awkward intervention. But every day that we wait, we delay the freeing power of the truth. And sometimes we're the ones that need the truth. People who really care about us, who really love us, are hesitating to tell us hard truths because they fear our reaction. They've prayed for us. They've shed tears for us. And sometimes they tell us hard things because they love us. Do we listen to their forecast? Thanks, Bruce. It's a timeless line. Jesus did say the truth will set you free. But you're right. 
sometimes it first hurts like hell. Amen.